Welcome to Brand Me. I'm Preston Conrad, and on this show, we'll talk all things branding, from launching a product line to owning your side hustle. We'll talk to the movers, the shakers, the thought leaders. What do you say we finally stop focusing on brands X, Y, and Z and focus on brand me? Let's start the show. First of all, you have to remember that originality is overrated. You are going to find inspiration from so many people, whether it's people you see on the street in their street style, whether it's people you follow on Instagram, like you are finding inspiration everywhere you go at this point. You've heard me talk about my brand, Preston Conrad Home. And if you've ever wanted to grab something from my luxury home fragrance collection, today is your day. I want to hook you guys up with 10% off of any single item on PrestonConradHome.com. That's one of our luxury candles or our new hand wash, use the code BRANDME. That's PrestonConradHome.com, offer code BRANDME. Hey, everybody. On today's show, we are talking about the art of influencing. I am talking to an influencer and creator, a good friend of mine named Katie Sands. She runs an account on Instagram called Honestly Kate, and we get into a great conversation about transparency, monetizing, steps you can take to build your social media presence as a personal brand. And this was an amazing chat. I could have doubled the amount of time that I talked to Kate. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Here's Katie Sands. Hi, Katie Sands. Hello. I'm so excited to be joining you virtually. I feel like this is like a little date catch up for us. That's long overdue. It's long overdue. You're one of the people I saw pre-COVID that I remember seeing last before the world closed, but I've been keeping up with you on Instagram. You're doing so... First of all, your Instagram was such a nice... How has that been? I don't understand how the last time I saw you was pre-COVID, I guess because I feel like I see you so often on social media that I'm like, that was two almost almost two years ago. I know we're in a time warp for sure. But yeah, I feel like I've been catching up with you and seeing everything that's going on because of Instagram. And I have to say you were such a nice bright light during the dark COVID times because you're just such an authentic creator and talent that you were not afraid to say what was on your mind and tell us all to wear our masks and do our good things. So I appreciated all of that, what you were doing during COVID. I so appreciate you saying that because I felt the same way about you. I find that, you know, it was such a dark time for so many, including myself. And I felt if I could just be honest with my audience the same way you were, and say yep. what I was doing and how I was feeling and what I was going through, then hopefully other people can relate and say, you know, they're going through the same thing. And it's just nice to hear totally. someone else who they might think, you know, has a lot of good things going on. And I'm like, guys, I have nothing going on just like the rest of the world. (laughs) But it was just nice. It was just a really nice sound voice to hear. And when putting together our roster for the podcast, one episode, we, you know, we wanted to, we talk a lot about social media here, but we really haven't had someone on who has made a really successful career out of being an online creator, influencer, and then taking that and running with it and doing other things. And I I was like, hello, Katie Sands for that. And I'm so glad we finally got you because um, what you've done on Instagram is really impressive. And this podcast is about personal branding and you have built a really, a really great one. So how did you get your, before Honestly Kate came to be, how'd you get your start in this wild world? So... Before I started my Instagram account and my .com, my blog, I was always wanting to go into theater production. So whether that be costume design, sound design, lighting design, 
acting in front of the camera. That's always something that is I've loved to do since I was a child, mostly musical theater. So I studied um, theater production in undergrad, and then I went to a grad conservatory program right after college to study it, you know, a little more seriously at a conservatory. And while I was in the conservatory, I had created this Instagram account called Honestly Kate. Um, A lot of friends call me by Katie Sands, even though a lot of family members call me Kate. I just thought if I made it like Honestly Kate, not my full name, Katie Sands, it could be something that stood on its own because I knew a lot of people in the acting industry didn't at the time love any people that were on social media. It was kind of a negative connotation. Whereas now I've heard it's the opposite that when you go to auditions, they ask you how many followers you have, what social channels. Oh yeah. But it was not like that when I started out. So I definitely wanted it to be um, two separate entities and the account started gaining attraction really fast because I was posting myself in outfits in the mirror. And then I was being hired by different brands. Um, the first brand was Shop Up to put together their spring campaign. They didn't ask me to be in it. They just asked me to put it together with the different looks they had. And I just put myself right into the campaign. They never said. Right. Well, as a natural performer, you're like, let me just take a stab at this. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I put myself in the middle of the campaign and then it you know, caught the eye of some other brands who asked me to do similar things for them. I was charging nothing. I was charging them pennies because I didn't even know that you could charge more for shooting different campaigns. This is like pre, pre the big influencer boom, probably, right? Exactly. And I was following some incredible influencers at the time. So I was definitely getting a lot of, um, inspiration from other big influencers like Kiara Farragani. I'm sure I'm pronouncing her name wrong. And so I definitely was seeing other people out there, but I didn't know if they were making money from what they were doing, if this was their career or if this was their side hustle. So I was doing it sort of as a side hustle while I was in this conservatory program. And it wasn't until I graduated Mm. two years later that I realized, wow, I can actually charge more for what I'm doing, I can actually monetize this and make it into something bigger. Wow, I don't need to get a different job in the theater department working, you know, washing clothes as an assistant, assistant costume designer. This is something that I could do as my full-time career. Hmm. So you kind of took the opportunity to monetize Instagram and make it a career from the jump. You saw that opportunity and kind of ran with it. Did you feel like you were abandoning any of your, you know, because I went with TV for me mm-hmm. when I went into fashion, I felt very much like I was abandoning my career, my television uh, studies in college. And I was like, well, shit, I need to go do this because I can make money in fashion. TV came back to me later. Mm-hmm. But did you ever feel like you were kind of like, Absolutely. So very similarly to you, I felt like, oh my gosh, I just spent so much time, so much money in undergrad and then in this grad program, studying theater production, knowing the ins and outs, having internships in different theater production companies. And now I'm all of a sudden going to be a fashion and beauty influencer. I mean, why do I even go to school? And so (laughs) it was really hard. And I I definitely felt like I was abandoning abandoning that career path of mine. But I also at the same time felt that if I was going to go into that career path, I was always going to need a second job anyway, because it's just not sustainable to start off in the theater world and not expect to also have a second job. So this to me in my head felt like it was a great second job that could, was making more money than I would have been making as a waitress or babysitting. So I felt that it was a real positive, 
But very soon after, I started feeling like, okay, I really miss the more entertainment aspect of it. This was before stories where you could actually talk to the camera or interact. So I felt that I was missing a big part of myself. And it wasn't until I started auditioning like you for other TV roles that I could fill that void. However, the difference for me was really hard because now I was going on as a TV fashion or beauty expert playing myself where I'm really shy in real life. I was so used to playing characters who had scripts already written for them, accents given to them, impediments told by the directors to act out. So I'm saying, oh, now I have to go play myself and speak as myself. And I don't even know what's going to come out of my mouth. Totally. So I, cause I was going to ask you and you, you beat me to it, but I imagine that your whole world of your personal brand really cracked open when stories came about, because then you could use your kind of comfort in front of the camera speaking and making eye contact and connecting with people. Um, how, how does one get to 307,000 followers? Like, what was that journey like for you in that brand building process? Because so many people here, listen, whether they have a brand or not, mm-hmm. everyone wants more followers. And it's really, uh, it's really beautiful what you curate here on your feed and the story you tell. Thank you. Well, I find that, you know, even for me, for someone who has been now in this digital space what's for what seems like an eternity. Um, it does, right? It, it feels like so it long. Feels so, the fact that people <laughs> still don't really understand the digital space and have like even so many of my family members constantly ask me questions or people be like, wait, is this your full-time job? It's because even though it has been around for over 15 years, there's still nothing really written about it. There's no like digital space creator for dummies book or and yep. really talk uh, taught about it in school. That's why anytime I have the opportunity to speak to a different class um, for undergrads, yeah. I always take it because the more information that's now said or put out there can only help um, help our industry. So I just, you know, I still feel like my following is in the whole digital space, relatively small. And I just keep on being consistent with what I'm posting and being authentic and open and honest with my audience and hope that more people catch on and share the love or share my stories with other people. And I really try not to focus on how many followers I have. I really try to focus on who's engaging with me and how I can constantly answer my DMs or engage with my followers or ask them what they even want to see because they have some of them have been following me from the beginning and maybe what they saw four years ago isn't what they want to see anymore. Maybe they're over It's it. so funny, those OGs. Like I was just thinking about them you know, I've got, you recognize those handles of the yeah. people you've seen for a decade now, and you know that they're your like diehards and you don't know them. Um, but then when Instagram released this news about subscriptions that they're rolling mm-hmm. out, I'm like, man, I don't know who would really pay for my Instagram. And then I'm like, oh, these OGs will, because they want the most access to you and they're, they're your biggest fan. Definitely. Do you feel like you have that little tight community that, that would like go deeper with you? Definitely. And I even see it because anytime I do and ask me anything on Instagram, which I try to do weekly, just because I find that the questions are so interesting. And sometimes it even inspires me to talk about certain things that I wouldn't have even thought people cared about. Um, yeah. 
I will I will answer some of like the more obnoxious or sensitive questions. And then I'll see my own just because I like to. I'm like, if someone's going to send it in, I might as well give them a clear answer. So then I'll see some of the OG um, followers like DMing me, sticking up for me, being like, I can't believe that person would even write that. And I love those people <laughs> so much. Yeah. Like they just make me so, I tell them, I'm like, you just made my entire day. Like I don't have yeah. my friends texting me anything like that. You guys are. No, they have your back. They look to you, man. I mean, it's like they're in your camp. I mean, I think something you do really well, and I would love for you to like talk on this for people listening, is that you treat it, uh, your Instagram and your social handle is very much like a business. And I think there's a lot of helpful tips or, or like a brand, um, you know, with programming and scheduling and consistency and like any tips or light you could shed there for anyone, whether they're a small business owner or just want to be an influencer. Definitely. Well, I think that there is, you know, this trend happening now with the rise of TikTok and a lot of younger creators now coming onto different social platforms where the trend is to be extremely provocative and do something outrageous or dress in a really provocative way so that you will get a big following very fast, which definitely works. But it doesn't mean that then you're going to have a sustainable career for the long run. So I have seen that happen with people, um, you Mm. know, of our colleagues that, you know, something really negative will happen. And all of a sudden they're what they built over the past 10 years is going to come crumbling down and can happen in an instant. So I think it's really about thinking about how to keep this brand a long term sustainable brand rather than how you Mm. get my followers to skyrocket in one year. And that also comes with this trend that I see happening all the time, especially on TikTok, like TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I called TikTok. I'm in it for hours every night. It's so horrible. I get lost. So do I. And I had to just delete the app because I was just watching all this stuff all the time. And I was like, I could stay up forever watching this. So there's yeah. this trend that I see a lot that's like becoming the main character of your life. And I personally think it's really a negative because you don't need to. Main character energy. Is that what they call it? Main Main character character energy energy. or something? And I personally think it's such a negative because although, yes, I created a career for myself that centers around me, I really try to pull from outside sources and people that I meet in the blogosphere to come on my platform to get inspiration from for me to you know, post videos and fashion inspiration and all of that. And instead, there's this like switch in the energy, which is promoting a very selfish generation of influencers, which I don't think is necessarily a good thing because just being all about you and sharing your provocativeness, I don't think is sustainable. Yeah. It's funny. I saw someone on, I've recently got back on TikTok. I was in it during COVID, like the main lockdown, just like screwing around with it and got, you know, a couple, you know, a good chunk of followers, but then deleted it, got back on like right before Christmas and it like catapulted. So now I'm like, they're dangling the carrot in front of me and I'm like, oh, I'm stuck now. But um, I saw someone say this thing about, you know, the key to TikTok growth is um, being polarizing, whether it's good or bad, you know, someone that people hate or that you say like, this is the dumbest thing you could ever do. And it's like, well, who are you to say that? Like I could, you know, like it's very, it's very divisive. Exactly. And 
I find that it's very similar with Instagram. So personally, I was on TikTok during like the height of the pandemic and I was just mostly filming dancing videos with my fiance and my dad. But I got off of it because I it was I was addicted, like fully addicted to it. It's fully addicted. Not posting, addicted to watching it. So for my own mental health, I had to get off of it. Doesn't mean I don't watch videos now. I do. I just had to watch them when friends are like send them to me. But I think it's also really similar with Instagram. I've just figured out how to create a healthier relationship with Instagram, where I think the same thing with Instagram, the more polarizing you are, the bigger you're going to get, the more people want to follow you. They want to see the latest trend. They want to see the drama because who doesn't want to watch the drama? I do. It's like a reality show. Yeah. Essentially, the more you show of your personal life, your partnership, your friends, your family, the more you're essentially creating your own reality show for yourself. So why wouldn't people want to watch? It's so much fun. But it's just nothing that I have wanted to do because I don't know what's going to happen in my life in the future. I don't know. Like, obviously, my relationship with my fiance is very private. So I show, you know, what he's comfortable with. And then I try to keep it like brand and personal life separate with still hinting little teasers from my audience here and there. I find that a little bit of a challenge. Like, um, because I do the same. I don't, you know, my partner chooses not to even have Instagrams, Mm -hmm. let alone be on mine. So, and we've been together a million years and it just works that way. But I feel like I'm giving so much access to these people. I'm in the bathroom. I'm in a robe. I'm wet hair. Like I'm giving you like, this is literally me out of the shower, but I still feel like they want more, more access or something. Do you feel like it's hard to separate brand Kate from personal Kate? Definitely. And I feel like, you know, when you, when you're you, when you're Preston, like people love you, you're so handsome. You're so fun. You have such a good vibe. And of course people want to know more about you because they're saying, Oh, how is he this happy? How does he look this good? What's going on with his family life? What's going on with his relationship life? And I think that's a good thing. And I think it's also good to keep people on their toes a little bit. I, I, I find for me, you know, I have had some people reach out to me saying, Oh my God, did you and your fiance break up? We never see him posted anymore. Is everything okay? And I'm like, what people don't know is I share, let's say 60% of my life. And that 60% is the job and the brand that I have created for myself. And the other 40% that's my family and my fiance and our relationship at home. I just yep. don't share. I just put my phone away when he comes home from the office. We cook dinner together. Yep. We have a we live a wonderful life together, but I'm not following him around with a camera. And not to say that doesn't do really well for some people, especially different influencers I see. And I've seen, you know, they're following skyrocket to a million followers and get crazy brand deals. It's just not my relationship and it's never something I wanted to seek out in a relationship. Yeah, I don't um I don't know this person and you don't have to chime in about this, but I want to, the first thing I think about is like, you know, Ariel Charnis's choice to make her family her brand is a very I think vulnerable mm-hmm. and precarious position because these kids I mean, I'm not a 4-year-old girl so I don't know what consent you can give, but it's just a, it's just it opens up Pandora's box, right? Of like sharing so much of your life, but I love what you're doing and how you balance it. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting because you know, I'm getting married really soon and we have talked about having kids in the future. And it's definitely something that we've talked about seriously with my platform is what are you comfortable with 
when we have kids that what can I share? What are you not comfortable sharing? What am I even comfortable sharing? You know, I just think it puts yourself in a really vulnerable position because you are asking for, or I like to say you're shopping for opinions from people you don't even know. And yeah, you know, when there's other people coming at you and giving your opinions, it's going to turn negative at some point or another. I wouldn't want to put my kids in that position, not to say I'll never share them. I'm sure I'll share them, but I will also make sure they have their own life to do what they want to do with it. If they don't want to be, I don't want them to grow up and then say, have friends say to them, Oh, well, we saw you were doing this when you were a kid and something, something and how obnoxious I would never want. Right. (laughs) Right. It's just a lot to put on when she posts. My mom has a private Instagram account and my mom's just excited. And she's, she's fully rogue on Instagram, but I get upset at her. I'm like, mom, I can't believe you posted that. Like I didn't tell anyone I was there. Please don't do that ever again. I look crazy in that photo. And I'm an adult, so I can't even imagine what right. it'd be like growing up like that since I was a kid. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, well, separately from Instagram, I think another great thing why I wanted to have you on is that um, you know a lot of influencers are looking to take their brand that they've built on the platform and take it off and extend it in other ways. And how did you get into? I know you had a collaboration. Um, with your, that really fun, colorful workout line. Like how does something like that happen for you to extend your brand offline? And what does that look like as you map it out a little bit? So I think for anyone with like a digital presence, you know, the goal is to, of course, have something bigger than your social channels because, um, none of us own Instagram. None of us. So funny. I say, don't build a house. You're building a house on land. You don't own people. Like exactly. they can turn it off any minute. Exactly. This is why my friends in real estate, anytime I send them something from Street Easy, I see they, it's like, okay, I'm probably going to invest this up so badly, but I think it's called the land lease. They're like, no, you're not, you're yep. not buying a land lease because blah, 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 because you won't have access or you don't own it or it's not good for you. But it's right. the same thing with Instagram, with Facebook, with TikTok, you don't own it. So it's really important. I always say if you're going to create any type of brand for yourself, no matter what it is, Make sure you have your own website that you own the domain for and make sure you have your own corporation, whether that's an LLC, an S corporation. You have to really be business savvy when starting at your own platform because you eventually would hope to want to create something else that's off social media. So for me, I've always, you know, wanted to go into more hosting opportunities and do something. I love seeing you on GMA. Thank you. And I love seeing you. My friends are producer over there. Have you met Cleo Andriatis? Have you met someone named Cleo? I haven't yet. And unfortunately, I haven't even met anybody in person because it's only been... Well, it's COVID. Yeah, this whole new COVID thing's a real treat. We don't even get to meet any of these people. Right. My family's like, oh my gosh, how was it? Did you have so much fun? I'm like, I had so much fun in my kitchen slash living room. Totally. But so that's always been the plan to, to do media and to, and to extend your brand. It's always been the plan for me. Even when signing with my agency four years ago, that's the first thing, the first conversation I had with my now agent, Sophie, I said, you know, I obviously love what I'm doing in this platform I've created on social media, but this isn't really my end goal. This wasn't even my original starting goal. It just sort of happened. Um, when I created the platform, 
Um, so what can you do? How can you help me and point me in the right direction? And I made sure that when signing with an agency that I signed with one and signed with a team that could really see a future in that for me and could help me figure out the next steps to get there. Because so many of these influencer agencies, they won't do that for you because they really see the money in partnerships and in digital. And they want you to stay there because they want you, you know, pigeonholed into this area because that's where the money is. That's the truth. it's right. really not in TV and hosting at the moment unless you're the top of the top of the top. And if it's your passion, you should go for it. But like the same thing I say when making an account on Instagram, when you're starting out, don't leave your day job. Like I'm not leaving my day job anytime soon, my Instagram, my blog to just start auditioning. I'm trying to do it simultaneously. So that's been the goal. That's exactly, by the way, what you should be doing. I still do the same thing. I run all my my two companies. I do whatever. And the TV is like icing on the cake for me. Exactly. And if someone approached me and said, let's make something bigger, I'd be like, amazing. I'll totally do that. But you, you're sticking and you have your lanes divided up really nicely, it sounds yes, like. And, it, and it's hard. I'm sure you can understand and relate to it. It's hard because, of course, when you have passion for something that, you know, yep. isn't bringing in the bacon, which is your passion for that's a lot stronger than maybe what you're doing at the moment. It's kind of hard to figure out where to put the energy at all times. Um, that's been difficult for me. And then doing just capsule collaborations with different fashion brands and athletic brands and beauty brands that I love. How does that happen for you? That's so cool. That happens. Um, that happens actually pretty organically because usually it will be a brand that I posted for before did some sponsored post uh, stories and static posts for that have done really well. And the brands have seen the either the clothing item or the beauty product really convert for them. So they said, now, do you want to come on and, you know, help design a little collection for us, a capsule collection, or come out with a beauty product and get in here and talk to the chemist and see how we can make that happen. So that's been really, really fun. I have loved doing that. It also takes a lot of pressure off me to start my own collection because as you know firsthand, it is so hard to do everything on your own when you are running it. It's brutal. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. The most rewarding thing, um, you know, it's funny. I had toyed around the idea of like maybe doing some sort of collabby thing before I launched my own brand. And it just, it was like coming out of me. I was like birthing it. So I just had to keep continue giving birth. So I just did it without doing, testing the waters with kind of a collaboration. It's a really smart way would you recommend that to someone looking to extend into from digital to product to maybe do a collab? Absolutely. And I would continue to do, I, I'm still working on a few collabs that are coming out hopefully in the year. If production doesn't delay everything like it has. Oh, everything's delayed. So yeah. yes, I would absolutely recommend that. I think it's a great way to get your foot in the door and also to test the waters because like I said, I don't really have, I don't have the production on my shoulders. It's really on those Yep. shoulder. So I'm really coming in and doing what I do best, which is design and give my input in my own opinions. And they really have the heavy work. So I definitely give credit where credit is due. I know that I have the easy part of the, of the partnership. Well, you also have to sell it. You also have to move it. Like, yes. do you feel like, do you feel that your followers are your customers or do you feel you need to entice? Like sometimes I feel a little too sale- salesy and then I'm like, screw it. They're, it's my brand. Like I want to, I'm excited about this. Do you feel weird selling them things that of yours versus like 
something you're wearing. I, I don't know. I always feel weird. I, so I just feel weird in general. I always feel weird selling any product, even especially during the pandemic when I felt like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm pushing product that's a shoe. When where is anyone going? Oh, I just like <laughs> totally. felt so uncomfortable because I just felt it wasn't authentic to me, even though it's I only work with brands that I absolutely love and style every day. Yeah, you're really good about that. Um, yeah. I try really hard, but I was like, this is just such a strange time that now I'm telling everyone to buy this heel, but no one's going anywhere. Right. So <laughs> I tried to work with brands during that time that really had a give back mission. So I would say like, you know, and if you guys buy this, they're donating 10% mm. of the sales to X, Y, and Z. So I tried to do that with my collaborations for the athletic line with Fat Buddha. I said, if you're going to buy athletic clothes, it's like a way to get out of your own head and out of your own way. So we're going to donate 10% of the sales to the Jed Foundation for Mental Health. And of course, that really left me with minimal money when it came down to it. But at least I felt like I could really push the product out there. And I am just, I just feel the product pushing is the hardest part of the job, even though I know it's the only way that you can monetize it because sometimes I push a product and I think everyone's going to go wild for it and no one likes it. And then I'm wearing a random t-shirt that I think no one would ever care about. And every single person on my platform bought it. It's always that way. It's like you could post the prettiest video and they're like, but what about the blank? And I'm like, uh, that was in the background of the freaking video. What are you talking about? Like, I'm, that's not what I'm talking to you about here. Oh it's my just, God. That was, I just, it's so funny. Like partnership that. for Levi's. And of course it's about the jeans. <laughs> it's Levi's yeah. and every single comment. Where'd you get your shoes? Where'd you get your shoes? Where are those shoes from? <laughs> I'm like, fuck. <laughs> they're going to be so that mad. Is... <laughs> It's always that way. That's just like the way the cookie crumbles sometimes with these partnerships. Exactly. Um, God, I can't believe how quickly I'm talking to you. I'm losing my time with you. But no. you, for anyone, for anyone that is looking to do what you do, or maybe they've gotten to a little micro spot, they've got a good little following, and they're, what are some like some some top level tips you could give to? really branding yourself as a, as a brand. Like, I love how you say, I think, you know, you're the CEO and founder of, of honestly, Kate, what you are, your, your own CEO, like what tips like that can you give people? I think I have so many, but I think first of all, you have to remember that originality is overrated. You are going to find inspiration from so many people, whether it's people you see on the street in their street style, whether it's people you follow on Instagram, like you are finding inspiration everywhere you go at this point. So don't feel that you can't post something or do something just because someone else did it first. Um, That's number one, because people continuously can try to compare themselves or say, oh, we saw so-and-so wore this or said this or did this. It's okay. It's all okay. That's like number one. That's such a good point. Number two, I think that the best piece of advice someone ever gave me was if you want something, just ask for it. The worst anyone will ever come back and say is no. And no is really not that scary or bad. And for me, people are so scared of no. no, I was so scared that I used to remember I was like, I'm not going to email this brand or reach out to this person because why would I would make up a whole story in my head of why they wouldn't want to meet me or wouldn't want to work with me, <laughs> that I would impede myself from even sending the email. And it's like the worst thing they could possibly say in the email is, oh, sorry, no, we can't do this, which is not bad at all. No, not, you know, it's funny. And I, people tell me, someone told me this a long time ago. It's totally this clothes, closed mouths don't get fed. True. I believe that you got to ask, you know, 
That's like, so I, I love your number two. That's such and a great I guess point. number three is just tr- if you have a passion for something, just go for it, put it out there and try yeah. to be like, don't try to be everything for everyone on social media. Just try to be something for that someone and that someone can be you because if you're doing yeah. something that makes you so happy that you're so passionate about, chances are other people will see that passion or have the same passion and want to follow you. Yeah, you're very authentic. I'm, most people we've had on this, on the pod, talk about this, but it's really such a key to success is authenticity and mm-hmm. just trying to blind out what you're swiping past all day. Absolutely. And I also find someone said this to me on an Ask Me Anything, something about like, are you always sharing the truth or are you always being authentic with your followers? And the truth is, yes, because I just find that like, why would you even be in this industry if you had something to hide? It's going to come out. Right. <laughs> right. Totally. And that, that your responses are real to questions and that you, you know, you show positives and negatives of things. I mean, there's so many people. I actually, you know, it's funny during COVID, there's some people, we probably know these people in common. I had to mute them because I felt so fucking annoyed that, that it was just pretending like everything was normal. And I was like, how are you posting? Like, how are you not addressing this? That oh. like... That, that we're locked in our homes or something. And it just, I had the authenticity lack of it bugged me and I had to mute them. Well, mute is the best tool that was ever invented. I mute everyone. So I pretty much follow no one. <laughs> no one even yeah. I had to mute them because it doesn't become a thing like, oh, they don't follow you. They unmuted. They, they don't like one of whatever it is you just mute I just go like mute 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 don't need you it also keeps me really focused and sometimes I mute my favorite people to follow because it's so distracting to me that I will just stare at their page all day wanting to see what they ate for breakfast wanting to see where they worked out and I'm like oh my god I just wasted three hours of my day following in this person's story steps and I have to focus today and then I'll go home and like I'll unmute them for the day but sometimes you know you just gotta it's like sometimes you just have to tune out the noise and focus and mute is like the best thing that ever happened to me (laughs) god Kate you're such you you're such a great bright light to talk to and I'm so proud of what you're doing and your TV stuff and your hustle. I see you build your sets at home for your live shots and you're just doing a great job. Thank you. Well, I am such a fan of yours. I have been for years and I'm so happy we got to connect and have this little chit chat and hopefully next time we can do it in person. In person would be amazing. Um, how can everybody find you who doesn't know you yet on all the things? You guys can find me on my Instagram page. It's at Honestly Kate. And message me if you're a new follower. I love to chat with anyone new. And Kate writes back, by the way, people. She's one of those influencers with a gabillion followers that actually writes back to people. So, it's so don't important. Be and by the way, when people don't write back to me, when I message them, I get pissed. <laughs> how pissed do you get? I sit in these DMs all night. And someone, people are like, God, you wrote, I I never thought you'd write me back. And honestly, I know, I know I'm over time, but some of the times when you get a nasty DM, they just want you to acknowledge them. They're not even really trying to be nasty. They just want a response. Of course. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I can't, I don't even know how to tell this in the shortest amount of time possible, but I actually had a friend, like a very good friend. A, a very good acquaintance that was like yep. one of my best friends, best friend didn't know she was DMing me. <laughs> Thought she was sending my story to her friend and said some crazy. <laughs> and 
opened it and I didn't even know. How, and obviously, like, we follow each other. And I just wrote, ha ha, if you don't like me, just don't follow me. <laughs> oh, my. See, the authenticity, man, reigns supreme. But I'm like, I would have been too scared. Me, I would be mortified. I would literally send it. I would send a toll text. I would be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> It was by accident. I was walking and typing. I had gloves on, and this, that's so funny, man. You, I, you continue to inspire us, and I'm so excited to see what you do next. Thank you, thank you, um, Kate. So it'll be so much fun when Omicron gets out of here. Let's get together. Absolutely. For more on the show, you can find us on Instagram at brandmepodcast or at Preston Conrad. Be sure, of course, to rate, review, and subscribe and share on social. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you next week.